Good morning, it is 11.30 a.m. and you're tuned in to CFRC 101.9 FM. Broadcasting from Carruthers Hall on Queen's campus in Kingston, Ontario. I'm CFRC's broadcast journalist, Christina Laurie, and you're listening to Kingston Currents. CFRC's news programming is brought to you by the generous support of the Community Radio Fund of Canada under the Local Journalism Initiative, Queen's University Career Services, What'll I Wear at 732 Princess Street, and The Screening Room at ScreeningRoomKingston.com. In the next half hour, we'll be getting into a fundraiser taking place at the Spire this Tuesday in support of the Our Relations Land Trust Gardening Project, some new seniors programming coming to the Spire, an upcoming event at the Queen's Observatory this weekend, as well as some updates from the city. On Tuesday, February 13th, Sydenham Street United will be hosting a pancake supper at the Spire in support of the Indigenous Food Sovereignty Garden being established by All Our Relations Land Trust. All Our Relations Land Trust is a charitable organization led by Indigenous peoples dedicated to protecting and restoring land and ecosystems in the greater Kingston area. The garden project, which was named the 2024 Kingston Community Climate Action Fund project, is currently in the process of fundraising in order to install solar panels at the site. These panels will provide power for a solar-powered irrigation system, recharging stations for electrical batteries, lighting, and various other important features for the site. Their current fundraising goal is $27,179. Faith United is currently in the process of donating the land the garden is on, located at 1467 Highway 15, and is supporting the fundraising efforts of the project through this upcoming pancake dinner. To talk about this upcoming event and the connection between Faith United and All Our Relations Land Trust, I sat down with Catherine Elston, Minister of Faith United Church and Sydenham Street United. I was wondering if you could describe the Indigenous Food Sovereignty Garden and its connection to Faith United. Yeah, so several years ago, Faith United Church uh, began dreaming about a vision for property they owned on Highway 15 and envisioned a place for healing, peace, and reconciliation between Indigenous and non-Indigenous residents of the Kingston area. And from that vision has grown the All Our Relations Land Trust, which is an Indigenous-led organization now overseeing the Highway 15 Indigenous Food Sovereignty Garden. The garden's uh, a place where Indigenous languages and land-based learning happen and biodiversity is fostered. So we're really hoping that this will be the year that the United Church will transfer ownership of that land to the All Our Relations Land Trust, which has really uh, taken on this project and and made it flourish. Yeah, absolutely. And considering that Faith United Church is donating this land, you see the importance of this project. I was wondering if you could speak a bit to the importance of the Indigenous Food Sovereignty Garden and similar projects. Well, I think the importance of the Food Sovereignty Garden has been recognized widely in the community because this year it's been named as the 2024 Kingston Community Climate Action Fund project. Mm -hmm. So this is a place um, for language revitalization. It's a place for, as I said, fostering biodiversity and uh, an opportunity, I think, for residents of Kingston to participate in cultivating um, a healing place of learning and right relationship as well as climate action. So we're we're excited because they are there are medicine gardens, there's um, a fruit guild, there's a tiny forest, and there's also some infrastructure that has been built of late. They're they're fundraising for solar panels, collecting rainwater, and donations right now until the end of March made at the Kingston Community Credit Union branches 
will be matched up to $5,000. So all of that fundraising effort is going to support the All Our Relations Land Trust. Awesome. Yeah. And um, you gave a few examples there, but I was wondering if you could get a bit deeper into how these proceeds are going to contribute to the goal of establishing this garden before we uh, get into the event that you're holding on Tuesday. Hmm. So they're fundraising specifically for solar panels, Mm -hmm. and this has allowed them to power different tools. They have a pump. Um, They're really trying to make the garden itself self-sustaining and kind of off the grid. Uh, And there's a shelter. So this infrastructure allows for groups to meet there, for ceremonies to be held, and um, for different teaching opportunities as well. Mm -hmm, Definitely. And getting into your event on Tuesday, I was wondering if you could describe the pancake supper that you will be hosting at the Spire uh, next week. Yeah, so this is a joint effort of a number of United Churches, including Sydenham Street United Church, Faith United Church, Chalmers, and Edith Rankin. And we are coming together for what is a traditional pancake supper. It's a tradition for Shrove Tuesday, which is the day before the season of Lent in anticipation of Easter in the church calendar. Um, But this time, the proceeds are going to go entirely to supporting the All Our Relations Land Trust. Members of the congregations have donated ingredients for the meal, and locally made maple syrup is provided by Robinson Innovation. So we're excited to host this community event, which is kind of a bringing together of our faith traditions, Mm -hmm. as well as our commitment to right relationship, community building, and climate action. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really exciting. And thank you for getting into that. I was curious where the the pancake supper portion of it all came from. That will be on Tuesday, February 13th. Uh, Any details that folks need to know if they'd like to attend? Yeah, the pancake supper is going to be held on Tuesday, February 13th from 4.30 to 6.30 at the Spire, which is at 82 Sydenham Street. It's going to be in the upper hall. And there's going to be hotcakes and real maple syrup, butter, um, strawberry sauce, and some sausages. And all of the donations will go towards supporting the All Our Relations Land Trust. Once again, the Pancake Supper will be taking place at the Spire on Tuesday, February 13th between 4.30pm and 6.30pm. Entry is by donation, and as stated by Elston, all proceeds will support All Our Relations Land Trust's garden project. Come as you're able and uh, scarf some pancakes down and just enjoy the the community spirit. In more news from the Spire, the Spire and the Seniors Association of Kingston Region have announced new seniors programming at a historic downtown facility. Registration is open for the Seniors Association's latest series of programs. This diverse and engaging lineup is tailored for seniors and proudly hosted at the Spire, located at 82 Sydenham Street in downtown Kingston. Programming at the Spire includes artist rendezvous, cardio go-go, guitar, let's dance, line dancing, Pilates, and more. I sat down with Sam McLeod, general manager manager at the Spire to discuss this new partnership. To kick us off, I was wondering if you could just speak a bit to how this all came together. Did the Seniors Association just reach out to you and ask you to provide a venue or how did this all come together? You know, we've been working to upgrade the Spire for years um, and make it a place, you know, a community hub, a place that lots of different people and organizations can use for a variety of reasons. Um, we're, We're really proud of what we've made here. And you know, getting that message out that it's available, that it, the, the rents are very low cost, and that we, we particularly like supporting not-for-profits, charities, and things like that is important to us. So we did reach out to the Seniors Association and let them know, you know, the space is available, it's been upgraded. 
Um, and they came for a tour and, you know, they loved it. And we're right downtown immersed in a, a sea of uh, senior population here. So uh, it, I think it just kind of works for everybody. And we're really happy to be part of it. We have a huge senior community involved in this building. So they're very excited. And it, it just worked. Good symbiosis or, or something like that. Yeah, that's awesome. I was wondering if you could speak a bit to the importance of hosting senior-specific programming. Yeah, I mean, it's super important. And I think as a civilization, we're, we're learning more and more about the value of activities and um, different kinds of arts and um, learning opportunities for seniors and how vital that is to keeping healthy, um, to keeping active and things like that. So, you know, as I, I was mentioning, we have a lot of seniors that use this building already. So it who 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 themselves could benefit from this. So it's really important to provide the right kind of services for our community members, for the community that surrounds us. And seniors programming is vital to that, to the people who use our building and and, and others. So we're, we're very excited about it and the programs that are being offered. And uh, yeah, it looks, it's a great fit, I think, all around. Yeah, absolutely. And getting into the programming, what kind of programming is on the docket? So here we have uh, Cardio Go-Go. We've got guitar lessons for advanced and intermediate students. We've got Let's Dance. We've got line dancing, Simply Moving, um, which is just kind of it's like a, a relaxed kind of Tai Chi style uh, movement exercises. We've got Pilates. We've got an artist rendezvous, which is for senior artists um, to meet up, to talk, and just kind of share their experiences and their arts and collaborate. Uh, so a whole bunch of different things which is really, really nice. And so it's being offered on Mondays and Tuesdays here. And uh, the sign-up's February 2nd. We hope people will sign up and come into the building and enjoy these great these great programs provided by the Seniors Association. Yeah, that's awesome. I love how you have such a variety. Arts, movement, opportunities for all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's great, right? And, you know, I, we as an institution really try to promote the arts. Uh, you know, we have a performance hall. We do regular events here. So having seniors in the building doing arts is, just, is perfect for our mandate and what we try to support. And we'd like to grow on that. Um, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Um, how can folks register? So people can go to the Senior Center website and um, the, or they can call the Senior Center. And I'm, I'm happy to give the um, the phone number if that's of interest. But they can call uh, 613-548-7810. And they can register that way. They can go down to the senior center um, and join the senior center. And once you're joined with the senior center, you have a membership, you have access to wonderful programs at the Spire, at the senior center itself and across the city. And they're definitely growing. It's an amazing organization. And I think really great for our senior community to get involved with. In a message from the city of Kingston, cleanup efforts to take place at Bell Park following recent fires. In the wake of three significant tent fires at the Bell Park encampment in a 24-hour period, the City of Kingston and Kingston Fire and Rescue staff have determined a cleanup of debris, garbage, and other combustibles at the site is required to address health and safety concerns. This work is expected to begin today, Thursday, February 8th, and will require the temporary movement of some structures and campers' belongings to permit required equipment to access the site. Any temporary movement of structures is not as a result of enforcement of the City's Parks bylaw. Agency supports will be readily 
readily accessible during this time. City staff are coordinating with addictions and mental health services and home-based housing to assist with supporting campers affected by the cleanup. Street outreach, housing first, and safety and engagement staff will be on site. The city is providing free bus passes, Tim Hortons gift cards, and a truck to help affected campers move their belongings out of the cleanup area. Storage bins will also be accessible should campers choose to safely store their belongings at 362 Montreal Street. This work is weather dependent and may take place over a few days. The city thanks its community partners for their continued collaboration and support during this time. Before we get into more local news, I'm going to turn to our weather and traffic report for this morning. For your weather report this morning, we're expecting sunny skies, becoming a mix of sun and cloud later this morning. Winds will be up to 15 kilometers per hour. We have a high of plus four, wind chill near minus 11 in the morning. Looking forward to this evening, we're expecting a few clouds. Increasing cloudiness near midnight, then a 40% chance of showers overnight. Winds will be coming from the south 20 kilometers per hour before morning. We have a low of plus three overnight. Looking forward to tomorrow, Friday, February 9th, we're expecting a rainy day with cloudy skies and a high of eight. Next is your CFRC traffic report. Please note that the winter parking ban is still in effect and will be until the end of February. Motors are advised that overnight on-street parking is not permitted. As for road closures, University Avenue Union to Earl is still closed until May 29th for the Queen's JDUG project. For parking disruptions, the Hanson Memorial Parking Structure Restoration Project is now underway. The work will take place throughout all levels of the building and will include efforts such as routine structural maintenance, repainting, replacement of waterproof materials, and upgrades to the building's mechanical and electrical systems. The work is planned to begin this week and conclude in late December. The work will be completed in phases to allow the building to remain open to public parking for the duration of the project. It is anticipated that no more than 50% of the available 271 parking spaces will be closed at any time. There is also parking availability at the Chown Memorial and Robert Bruce Memorial parking garages and the two adjacent blocks to the west. There is also some recent parking lot closures to look out for. The Drury parking lot located at 57 Queen Street will be closed permanently. The closure is to accommodate the expansion of the ongoing construction project at 18 Queen Street and 282 Ontario Street, known as Block 5. The city has a range of parking options for short-term parkers throughout Kingston. Community members can access alternate parking options by visiting cityofkingston.ca slash parking. Recommended locations within a couple of blocks include the Frontenac, Ontario Brock, Barrick, and Angrove lots, as well as the Hanson Garage. Parking lot users and local businesses will be notified through on-site signage and outreach. City webpages are also being updated to include the new parking information. In other delays, Queen Street, Montreal to Sydenham is expecting an eastbound lane closure until April 1st, 2024. Detours will be in place for the duration of the closure. That wraps up your weather and traffic for this morning. Now back to more local news headlines. Coming up this weekend, the Queen's Observatory Open House is on Saturday, February 10th at 7.30 in Ellis Hall. At the Open House, the Kingston Chapter's President of the Royal Astronomical Society of Canada, Malcolm Park, will be discussing the upcoming 2024 total solar eclipse in a presentation entitled Chasing the Shadow of the Moon. The talk will be followed by a tour of the facilities and stargazing with their telescopes. To chat about the event, CFRC's Chloe Paris sat down with two Queen's Observatory coordinators. Hello, this is Chloe Paris, and you are joining me here with the Queen's Observatory Coordinators, Akanksha Bij and Lawrence Faria, to discuss their upcoming open house at the Queen's Observatory, featuring a solar eclipse chaser. 
Hi guys, welcome. Hi Chloe. Hi Chloe, thanks for having us. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, so I was just kind of wondering if you guys could tell me a little brief overview of what to expect when attending the upcoming open house. Uh, yeah, of course. So uh, the Queen's Observatory has been having our uh, monthly open houses for a very long time now, a couple decades. Um, so uh, on the second Saturday of every month, we have an open house where visitors can come and hear a talk from an astronomer or someone who works in astronomy uh, and then have a tour of our uh, facilities. And potentially, if there's a cloudy night, which seems to be coming increasingly rare in Kingston, um, they will be able to open up the dome and take a look at the stars. So just for this upcoming event, um... Where should people go? What time? Is there a guest speaker going to join us? Yeah, so this month we're having Malcolm Park, who is the president of the RASC, the Royal Astronomical Society of Canada Kingston Centre. He's the new president, um, and it's going to start at 7.30, and um, it happens in Ellis Hall Auditorium. And um, yeah, so Malcolm's going to be talking about his experience chasing eclipses. Uh, so yeah, hope you can make it. Perfect. Um, I was just wondering if you guys could tell me a little bit about what the solar eclipse chaser is. Yeah, so I mean, at any uh, in every year around the world, there's like multiple solar eclipses happening, whether those are like total solar eclipses or partial or, you know, annular solar eclipses. And so a solar eclipse person is someone uh, who basically travels around the world to these locations where there's going to be, where they're going to be in the path totality of that solar eclipse. So the geographical location where the sun and the moon will perfectly line up so that the uh, moon covers the uh, covers up the sun uh, and cast a shadow down on earth and see, you know, experience what that's like to experience multiple solar eclipses uh, throughout the year. Perfect. Um, I was just wondering, how does the observatory engage visitors in kind of a hands-on experience during the event or what kind of things can um, the visitors participate in? Yeah, so after the talk, you have a chance to ask the speaker some questions, and then we do a tour of the observatory. So there's different parts of the tour. You'll have a chance to go to the observatory dome. We have a 14-inch telescope there. Um, so if, like Lauren said, if it's a clear sky, um, clear night, then we'll point it to planets or um, ne nebula, galaxies in the, um, in the sky, and then you can take a look. We also have some telescopes that are set up on our rooftop deck. Um, so people have a chance to go through that as well. Um, and then we have a short presentation in what's called our warm room, um, something like a 10-15 minute uh, presentation sometimes. And then you'll also get a tour of the McDonald Institute, which is the Astroparticle Center in Sterling Hall. Um, so we guide you through that as well. In their discussion, they also got into some of the history of the observatory and open houses. Uh, so the Queen's Observatory uh, is, is you know, a, an incredibly old fixture uh, in Kingston. I think it started back in 1850. And one of the uh, you know, reasons for founding this observatory here in the city was for, uh, to, to, you know, for science awareness and for science outreach. So we have this really long and storied history of, of science outreach. And it's a legacy that we're you know, proud to honor, you know, having these open houses uh, you know, once a month for, I want to say 100 years, but <laughs> I, I don't have a, enough history to do that. So we have this really long legacy of, um, of, of science awareness and outreach. Um, and I think, you know, the upcoming, uh, the upcoming eclipse is just a really great opportunity to engage people with that. You know, everyone's thinking mm -hmm. about it. And this is a really good opportunity to, to come out and learn a bit more about it. That's awesome. That's really good. Um, I think science is really important, and especially <laughs> as a university that has such a big science program. It's, it's awesome that you guys are getting the community involved in that. Are there any other exciting events or initiatives planned by the Queen's Observatory in the coming months that the public should be aware of? 
Yeah, so the reason we're having an eclipse theme talk is because a total solar eclipse is coming to Kingston on April 8th, um, 2024. So it's going to start around noon, but it's going to reach totality around 3 p.m. Uh, so we're going to be having a bunch of events here at Queen's where we're going to be handing out safety glasses so you can look at the eclipse safely. Um, so keep an eye out for that. Follow us on our social media and our website and um, come out for the total solar eclipse. Yeah, it's, it's an incredibly rare event. Uh, the last time it happened in Kingston when we were in the path of totality was about 700 years ago. Wow. Uh, and <laughs> Kingston isn't going to be in the path of totality of a solar, total solar eclipse for about another 300 years. So it's a truly, you know, once in several lifetime opportunity to, to experience total solar eclipse here in Kingston. Wow. Do you guys hear that? This is a rare opportunity. <laughs> I urge you guys to please go visit. This sounds like an amazing learning experience as well as just being there and witnessing this kind of historical moment. Um... Yeah, is there anything else you guys would like to add about um, Malcolm's chasing the moon, chasing the shadow of the moon event, or um, the Queen's Observatory in general? Yeah, so uh, we have these open houses, you know, beyond Michael, uh, beyond Michael's open house, uh, Malcolm's open house this. Uh, this Saturday, we have a, an observatory open house on the second Saturday of every month. And so leading up to the uh, eclipse in April, we'll be having, you know, multiple, you know, eclipse themed stocks and, and events leading up to that. So yeah, just say, keep an eye on our pages and we'll hope to see you there. Wow. So if you guys are interested in space and all things solar and <laughs> stars and moons and all the planets, please come join at the Queen's Observatory. Um, it is this Friday, the 10th or this Saturday, the 10th at 7.30 in Ellis Hall Auditorium. Awesome. I think that was all. Thank you guys so much for joining us and kind of making the public aware of this really historic event. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. Once again, that was CFRC's Chloe Paris sitting down to chat about the upcoming open house this weekend at the Queen's Observatory. Be sure to attend on Saturday, February 10th at 7.30 in Ellis Hall. In a message from the City of Kingston, City advances transitional and supportive housing options through property acquisitions. To meet the needs of the community, the City of Kingston has been acquiring properties for the purpose of affordable, transitional, and supportive housing for several years. Recently, the City acquired 206 Concession Street, 113 Lower Union Street, and 309 Queen Mary Road. In December 2023, 309 Queen Mary Road was purchased from Extendicare, which operates a long-term care facility there. The city takes ownership of the property this summer as Extendicare relocates to a new, larger long-term care home in the West End in 2024. The property at 309 Queen Mary Road has the necessary zoning and physical design to allow for complex social and healthcare services to be provided on-site. Although the property at 309 Queen Mary Road has been secured, specific support services provided to complement transitional housing have not been decided. This property is not intended to be the location for the existing integrated care hub. Rather, this is a unique opportunity to work with community partners to develop and provide both services and housing options on-site for those who need them. In the coming months, the city will host public engagement opportunities and work with community partners to develop this operational model. On December 19, 2023, the city followed Section 239 of the Municipal Act 2001, which provides that a meeting may be closed to the public if the subject matter being considered is a proposed or pending acquisition or disposition of land by the municipality or local board. This is the process the city has followed for all its affordable, transitional, and supportive housing and other property acquisitions. The city of Kingston remains committed to finding safe, supportive housing for those experiencing homelessness in Kingston and will continue to work with partners 
partners to offer services and supports to those who need them. You can learn more about housing and homelessness on the City of Kingston website and visit Get Involved Kingston to sign up for updates about future public engagement opportunities. In another message from the city reporting distressed and deceased birds, the city of Kingston is closely monitoring reports of sick birds following a recent investigation of deceased and distressed Canadian geese at Lake Ontario Park and Elevator Bay along Front Road. Staff observed signs of sickness and the presence of approximately 30 dead birds. Although the cause of death has not been confirmed, the city is asking community members to report any sightings of distressed or deceased birds to the Ontario Regional Centre of the Canadian Wildlife Health Cooperative at 1-866-673-4781 or online at cwhc.wildlifesubmissions.org. Birds in distress can also be reported to Sandy Pines Wildlife Center at 613-354-0264. City staff have reported these local instances to the Ministry of Natural Resources and Forestry and the Canadian Wildlife Health Cooperative. CWHC will complete testing and share the results in approximately a week. The city will continue to monitor and dispose of deceased birds found at the waterfront. Please do not handle sick, injured, or dead wild birds. If handling wild birds or other wildlife is unavoidable, wear gloves or use a double plastic bag and avoid contact with blood, bodily fluids, or feces. You should then wash your hands thoroughly with soap and warm water or use hand sanitizer. Protect your pets by keeping your cats indoors and dogs on a leash when out for a walk. Yesterday afternoon, local MPP Ted Chu met with the team at the Joe Chithlin Memorial Music Instrument Library, Joe's Mill, to hear more about the $28,000 Resilient Communities Fund grant that they received from the Government of Ontario through the Ontario Trillium Foundation, OTF. Chu, MPP for Kingston and the Islands, stated, quote, I'm very pleased that more people in the Kingston region will be able to access Joe's Mill through their weekly pop-ups at the Rideau Heights Centre made possible by the OTF Resilient Communities Fund grant." End quote. The grant is being used to improve access to the mill's instruments by creating weekly pop-ups in Kingston's Rideau Heights community, and to ensure the mill's financial, technology platform, and operational process are up to date. The project was started in April of 2023 and will continue until April of 2025. Dennis LaRue, president of the Mills Board of Directors, states, quote, The impact of this Ontario Trillium Foundation grant cannot be overstated. This grant has allowed us to provide access to instruments to people in the community who may be unable to or find it difficult to come to the TET Center and to enjoy the thrill of borrowing a musical instrument. It will also ensure that our financial technology and operational processes are up to date and streamline the process for borrowing an instrument, end quote. Joe's Mill is a nonprofit musical instrument library located in Kingston. It was inspired by the late Joe Chitlin, a talented bass player who wanted everyone to experience the joy of playing an instrument. Several years and over 1,000 instruments later, Joe's Mill is a thriving, charitable organization powered by its volunteers and community partnerships. Joe's Mill has over 1,000 instruments and resources, including guitars, keyboards, drums, horns, violins, percussion, amplifiers, exotic instruments, sheet music, and much more. And they're all available to borrow free of charge. Neil Lumsden, Minister of Tourism, Culture, and Sports, states, quote, nonprofit organizations across Ontario deliver programming that makes a difference. That's why funding that my ministry is providing through the OTF is so important. Our government wants to ensure that these programs and spaces remain the heart of communities across our province." End quote. The OTF's mission is to build healthy and vibrant communities across Ontario. Last year, OTF invested over $110 million into 1,022 community projects and partnerships. You can visit otf.ca to learn more.
That is all things current in Kingston for this week. Thank you for listening to CFRC's local news programming, brought to you by the generous support of the Community Radio Fund of Canada under the Local Journalism Initiative, Queen's University Career Services, What Will I Wear at 732 Princess Street, and The Screening Room at ScreeningRoomKingston.com. To hear more from our guests, be sure to add to our podcast network at podcast.cfrc.ca. Stay tuned for more CFRC programming coming up next. What'll I Wear offers the best in vintage, funky, one-of-a-kind treasures, clothing, accessories, and a fabulous selection of jewels, vintage and new. Find the cutest purse, the most dashing of hats, and sunglasses. Everything to complete your individual look. What'll I Wear has it all. They can dress you from top to bottom. Find your new fashion fave at What'll I Wear at 732 Princess Street in Kingston. Visit their new location and follow them on Facebook to keep up to date with what's in store at What'll I Wear. 